healthcare. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man leaves. Nearly a two-word review just said, shit sandwich. I will roll the record up to the next man. That right there is a lot of Welcome back to all the music lovers. You are now tuned in to another exciting adventure with us here on Chunky Glasses, the podcast. I am your host, Kevin, as usual. We are glad to... Have you back down here in the basement with us, hanging out, uh, enjoying a little, little livid conversation about music—a thing that we know a thing or two about. Uh, this week we're talking about gorillas. They're back. Damon Albarn's like virtual gang of misfits are back with a new album called Humans. Uh, it is, to my mind, exceptional, but that doesn't mean it is without. Uh, reproach. There aren't little holes to poke it in and whatnot. And so, joining me down here to do that is one Marcus Dowling. And, uh, you know, on our last episode, which I hope you listened to, we sort of went in on uh, some tough love uh, dishing out on the DC scene, what it means to be in a smaller band. And I think that conversation goes for, for you know, uh, all scenes, all musicians in 2017. Uh, go back and listen to that. I'm not going to lay that out right now. Again, uh, because at the beginning of this, we taped this the night that the AHCA passed the house, uh, and we got down here and we were extremely frustrated uh, and a little bit angry and had just read that fucking Fader article, and, you know, it's a perfect storm of, of uh, haterade, if you will. Uh, a lot of what we said in that conversation, we did get out at the beginning of this week, but a lot of it, you know, was uh, a little angry and unfocused. It was, uh, it was a great kind of, look. Marks and I and, and, and all the people associated with this talk about this stuff all the time. Uh, but uh, we, we decided to kill it and sort of like repurpose it for the other episode, but also uh, keep talking about it on future episodes. So uh, this time you're not going to get that because, yeah, it's too angry. <laughs> it's too angry. But coming forward in the next few, few weeks and months, we're going to be really diving in uh, and, and getting you some good hard numbers and whatnot on what it means to be a musician here in 2017. If you can make it, maybe you can't. Maybe that's okay. I don't know. I think we've got bigger things to worry about, like these uh, pre-existing conditions and stuff. I mean, I tell you, I have... Um, Long story short, I have a 12-inch scar in the middle of my chest uh, where they had to go in and they had to take out a a, uh, a lump, uh, a mass. I named him Rupert. And and they had to take that out of my chest, out of my heart, literally. Not like around the heart, like inside the heart. And uh, obviously that is a, a fairly invasive procedure. Uh, and it hurt like fuck. And um, but I survived. I'm here talking to you, and that is in large part of why we do what we do here, why I do this, why a little fire under my ass and whatnot. Uh, but that is not a pre-existing condition. That is not um, in any stretch of the imagination. The the hospital signed off said it wasn't. The insurance company signed off said it wasn't. The time of the doctor who did the procedure said no, it's not uh, yet. A while back, I lost my job, and uh, this was when the site started, really. But then uh, fell off Cobra and then tried to get insurance, and the very same insurance company that uh, 
that had paid for this operation denied me insurance because they claimed it was a pre-existing condition. My point for saying this, and this is not about music per se, is that uh, this is a precarious time. This is a dangerous time. You know, if people like me, or maybe your friend, maybe your sibling, maybe your mother, your father, if if we can't get access to this, not just access, if it's just if we we have a right to healthcare, a human right, and if we can't have this without being uh, destroyed by capitalism and commercialism and it it becomes commodified to the point that we're literally willing to kill people uh, to save the bottom line, then I think we're failing and there's no point in making music. No point in doing anything. Um, And uh, we're inching closer to that. And that's what sort of this album is about. And that's why trying to bring it back around that's why we started to talk about this album uh, from Gorillaz was an album uh, meant to be the worst case scenario where Donald Trump wins the election and becomes the president of the United States now that is our reality uh, so with all of that in mind and uh, and a thank you for indulging uh, this little talk uh, I think it's time to head on down to the basement Uh, So grab your beverage, get comfortable, and let's go on downstairs and uh, sit down with with Mr. Marcus Dowling and myself. Uh, The conversation already in progress. Here you go. Our review of Gorilla's masterful new album. That's primitively gross. And when we go to bed, scarecrows from the far east. Come to eat its tender fruits And I've thought the best way to protect our tree Is by building walls Walls like unicorns In full glory and galore And even stronger down the walls of Jericho But glad then my friend That in a few we shall reap A brother What we do Is dreamt of having Enough of the Starving It is love That is The root of all Evil But not our tree And thank you Oh, trust me, hallelujah. So, I feel like being an all-body was more sad about Prince dying than all of us combined. I think you're probably right. Yeah. I, and, I, and I know where you're coming from. I know where you come from all over this place. Yeah. Because this is that... <laughs> This is this album. <laughs> right. You know, this is absolutely this album. Yeah. Uh, the name of that uh, track was Hallelujah Money, who's Benjamin Clementine. I don't know much about him. Do you yeah. know anything? No, mm-hmm. I know that he's a UK vocalist. Yeah. And he's in this clique now of, like, we're, that we're starting to see emerge like out of something? there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they're yeah. all in that same little crew. Like, there was a girl crew a while back, and they're still kind of, like, middling around in America, but, like, you're starting to see these guys, like, start to emerge. Like, Sampa's emerging. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, Miles Sumney, like you said, and I got Benjamin Clementine. And they're all, like, not that they're the same vocalist, 
but they all have kind of like the same sort of like they're all weird black dudes yeah like those same weird sort of influences that are happening like there's some that are like stand up and you know smack you in the face when you listen to them yeah but then you get like the fact that they're all very influenced by like electronic music and the interplay between like organic well, voices and electronic sounds. Yeah, well, if you see the video for this, and I know this was released the day uh, after Trump, or I think the day Trump was inaugurated, I think. Yeah. Day before, excuse me. And, uh, you know, I know he's acting and stuff, but it is intensity. And it's just like, well, this dude is fucking weird, but he gets it. He's yeah. like, all about it. And, and he gets, uh, you know, one thing has, has remained uh, not on the first album, which we'll talk about, but. Consistent for gorillas over low these many years is that uh, th- Alburn has consistently cranked up the weird and yet also consistently turned out hit after hit after hit after hit. Yeah. You talk about albums being just like all hits, like this is the his his work is some of this. So a little background, you know, this back in 1998, uh, him and uh, Jamie Hewlett, which he made Tank Girl, yeah. Um, which is a comic book. They made a movie out of it that yep. was fucking horrible. But, <laughs> but Lori Petty, yeah, right? Lori Petty was in it, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but he, they were watching MTV and they were just sort of disgusted as one would be in 1998. And uh, so he said, "Hey, why don't we make a virtual band?" And so that's exactly what they did. The band is made up of 2D on uh, lead vocals and keyboards, Murdoch Nichols on bass, guitar, and vocals. Noodle on guitar and keyboards, and Russell Hobbs on drums and percussion. There was there was a uh, original EP in 2000 called Tomorrow Comes Today. Mm. I don't think a lot of people paid attention to that, because I think that was still... Because Blur was actually pretty They were still big. really big at that point. Song 13 yeah. was, right. there, was there one. Park, mm. I mean, nerds knew about like Park Life. And for the record, I hate Blur. I, I really Boys kinda, and Girls, uh, one of the great songs ever. Well, maybe. That, yeah, maybe they have a few songs. But literally one of the greatest songs of all time. But but uh but it was in two thousand one um when he teamed up with Dandy Automator and Del the Funky Homo Sapien and they dropped their debut album, had the hit uh, Clint Eastwood. Mm-hmm. Uh the this band that basically uh and we're not kidding when I read this list, uh it, it sort of experience with Genres including rock, trip hop, rap rock, art rock, hip hop, hip hop, dub, reggae, Latin, psychedelic, psychedelia, and punk rock. Mm-hmm. That list has expanded to essay length at yeah. this point. Um, that album was well received. To my mind, that was very much a uh, a blur side project. There's a lot of Damon Albarn on it. Yeah, there's a lot of Damon Albarn on it. And uh, but in 2005, he came back. Five years between albums, man. That's, that's crazy. I mean, but think about now. Well, that's, that's, yeah. the, that's that. That's that. That's that. Blur money. Yeah, you're just like, yeah. cool. I want to make so, a record. So in five in two thousand five, uh, between then and that, and between two thousand one two thousand five, he had teamed up with De La Soul, Nino Cherry, uh, Roots Maneuver, MF Dune, Ike Turner, The Far Side, Sean Ryder, Dennis Hopper, London Community Gospel Choir. Made an album called Demon Days, which a is it might be my favorite album of all time. Uh, B it might be the best hip hop album of the aughts. It's up there. It's which up there. which we have we'll we'll, we'll, we'll get into. I'll we'll make a, I'll make a I'll make a like when when we get to that yeah, point we'll I'll make that. a I'll make a, a corollary. Um, produced by one Danger Mouse mm-hmm. before Danger Mouse was really 
Yeah. Yeah, just a little, little. Right. Little I mean, that's mouse. what. Yeah, that's what got him before. Um, before um, gray album. Up five years. That man, they're on a five-year cycle, actually. Uh, 2010 with Plastic Beach expanded the lineup to Snoop Dogg, Ruffers, De La Soul again. Bobby Womack hit one of his last great performances. Most Def, Lou Reed, Mick Jones, uh, Paul Simon and Bashi Kano, Little Dragon, when nobody knew who Little Dragon was. Uh, and then in, also in 2010, Damon Albarn made an album entirely on an iPad. Right. Called The Fall, yeah. which is an interesting musical experiment, but also, so, so, uh, so it's been quite a while since we've heard from them. And, right. and they had a legacy that was fine. If they'd never made anything else, the fall is a little. He, he, the fall was given away free, so you could sort of put that to the side. Yeah. But now we're here in 2017, and he made an album about Trump. All, all about, about Trump. Trump. <laughs> and it might be problematic that he removed all references to Trump. Well, which we'll, which we'll get to. Yeah. But. Uh. For this album, he recruited, like, this list is insane. Vince Staples, Pop Can, Dram, Grace Jones? Yeah. Grace Jones. Oh, yeah, that's the best. Anthony, wait, Anthony Hamilton, De La Soul, Danny Brown, uh, Kayla uh, Mavis. Your favorite, favorite, favorite your favorite Pusha T. Soul vocalist. And Benjamin Clementine. And... So, so that's a little of the background here, and uh, before we get into the series discussion, I think we we got to play a track here. This is um, we mentioned Vince Staples. Oh, uh, this is oh, uh, this is literally <laughs> this is not just the best hook of 2017. This is the best hook of all time. Like, uh, yeah, it makes you fucking cry. It's so it, good. It, it's so like, fucking good. God, it's great. This is ascension off of uh, Gorillaz. Soon that they told you they trying to down the show us. So now it's time to go up. The sky's falling, baby, drop that ass for a crash. The sky's falling, baby, drop that ass for a crash. The sky's falling, baby, drop that ass for a crash. The sky's falling, baby, drop that ass for a crash. The roof is on fire, she went like Barbara Streisand. Police everywhere, it's like a nigga killed a white man. I just wanna find a baby mama for the night in. So don't be coming round, Vince, on that better end shit. On the 911 shit. Need a Mrs. Brown, is Missy, I can have some fun with. Them slave bones make great jumps. Don't stop, bitch. They folks, they hated on them since days of Moses. Let my people go crazy. Them stars falling, don't chase them. The sky's falling, baby. Drop that ass for a crash. The sky's falling, baby. Drop that ass for a crash. The sky's falling, baby. Drop that ass for a crash. Never mind the disguise, uh, falling, baby. Drop that ass for a crash. Uh, let my people go crazy. Yeah. Come on, man. No, okay. Like, so. that, that is, is so, if you blink, you'll miss it. Well, and it's there. The, be- uh. the best thing about Vince Staples is that we were talking about Vince earlier. Um, Vince literally gives no fucks. Like, that is, that is his, true. if you had to, like, create his, like, I write bios for artists all the time. And he's got, like, a one-sentence bio. Vince Staples gives no fucks. Like, he does it. He understands that this is all bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like the entire industry to him, 
the fact that he gets to rap for money for him is probably the most novel concept that he ever expected to have happen in his life. Yeah. Because he was perfectly content to just continue to deal drugs and hustle and get by. And then all of a sudden it was like rapping, which is a thing that for him is not like job one. You know, he didn't wake up like, I want to be the greatest rapper that ever lived. No, it's right. like a thing that he can do. Yeah. Which is a fascinating thing where you can rap that well and that's just a thing that you do. Yeah. You're just like, yeah, whatever. He's very similar to Easy in that way where Easy's not like the greatest rapper that ever lived, but it was a thing that he could do. Well, to that point, like, what are, what are we talking about here? Because, like, uh, you know, Paul is a big fan of Staples' work, his work by himself. Right. And with Odd Future, he's Odd Future, right? Uh, he was affiliated, affiliated with him for with a while, Future, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, one thing, you know, when we said Demon Days might be one of the greatest hip-hop albums of the arts, it, Albert has this, this weird talent and uh, weird credibility that it, I mean, it's, he's it's, earned it, but uh, but he has yeah. weird credibility. But he can pull in all these like legendary and not so legendary, talented like hip hop artists. He understands the format like honestly, I I don't think many people do. Yeah, and and so if if you're Vince Staples and, and you get the call, you're like, hey Vince Staples, I want you to kick off. <laughs> the new gorillas album and you say this hook and like, this is, this is what you're going to say. Like what happens? Is that, is that, uh, are you, are you being appropriated or is it just like, fuck man, this, this here's art the, form has, here's the crazy part about like British people and rap music and especially like popular forms of rap mm -hmm. music. Um, when American rappers started to realize that like, there was a finite amount of money for rap in America in like the early 90s. You started to get a lot of top American rappers, especially from Def Jam, who went to the UK. Yeah. That was the place you went because you're like, okay, they have unlimited money over here. Mm -hmm. Fabulous. We will go and make this unlimited money. So the, the, the keen part of the whole thing is that there's this longstanding tradition with British you know, understanding of American music where the idea is that they're going to dig into the sound so deep that they're going to know the samples because they know all the samples backwards and forwards because right. of everything from the blues invasion to Northern soul involving all of the great black records. So they know the history of the genre in a way that even the average American rapper or the average American producer has no I, go, go connective ahead. tie to it. Yeah. They really don't like I said this six months ago. Yeah. That the next explosion is is <laughs> is this? Yeah, because the British invasion, right? Like, and the rock and roll, the the model is we saw rock and roll in the sixties, right? When it was it was appropriating blues, and and they yeah. were doing it, but but in England is where it, it happened, right? So even more so, like with this record, this record's basically like a trip hop drum and bass record because yeah. that okay. So if you're gonna like the thing, the great thing about Gorillaz too is that like. Damon Alburn doesn't forget anything mm. like and everything to him because he's a timeless artist. He's made music the entire time, you know, so he's though like there's no reason for him to stop and go, oh, I must now make a trap record. No, he has no desire to make a trap record. So he's like the best rap records that I remember were all these like, you know, drum and bass records, like goalie records and stuff like that. Yeah. So. You listen to somebody like Vince Staples that has the rap on these, like, by comparison, it is substandard American records. Yeah. And you're just like, man, you know what I would love to do with Vince Staples? I'm sure he thinks like this. I'd love to put Vince Staples 
on a, on a trip hop record because he could like work the space between those breaks right. really right. well. And he nails it. Like that's the, that's the genius of it is that it's not necessarily genius. It's just a disconnect. If you've been listening to American made records the whole time and you have like a, Oh, holistic worldview well, of like it, it's of kind rap. Of, well, it's also kind of it it's, it's also kind of dissociative because again, this is this is a. I mean, he's a lower, originally lower class like English citizen. Yeah, right. And uh, you know, if you read any interviews with him, like he moved out of the city, but immediately moved back into the city where this was happening. Right. So, uh, you know, he he comes from meager means, uh, and honestly, uh, you know, the best soul artists I think do. Right. And, that, and I'll, yeah, there's another thing too that the night you mentioned this, it makes me think about it. Um, there's a movement going on right now in grime, where they're well, trying is, to make yeah. yeah, they're trying to make these like trap influenced grime records, and it's really entertaining to see young grime rappers like not like Gigs or Stormzy or Skepta or the guys who are like the, the old guard. <laughs> Man, Skepta Skepta made a great. Cinematic great guy Ritchie movie, right? A great cinematic <laughs> album where he's like he, he's he's the yeah. he's the star director of the whole movie. It's like yes, a black, he, yes, he is. It's like a, it's like a guy guy Ritchie black And film. if you've never seen guy Ritchie movies, then you're this is your album, <laughs> right? But so, but the younger guys are trying to make these like trap influence records because they're influenced by like ASAP Rocky and mm. Gucci and all these Gucci Man and all these other people. Future, you know, they're like, yeah. I want to make that record. So when you hear Vince Staples's cadence. Over that beat, it's basically Damon Auburn being like, you know, I could get XYZ British guy to do this record. Yeah. But I, I don't have to do that. No. <laughs> like, I can call up the guy no. who actually knows what he's doing and put him there and it'll slay. And that's what he does. Yeah. Uh, he, he also does that on a thing. Uh, uh, he did this on Demon Days, The Great Effect, uh, yeah. Feel Good Inc., uh, which honestly, did that did that revive De La Soul's career? Totally did. Yeah, totally because good. you know, there's a um, there's a video out there which I own. Uh, you've watched a little yeah, bit of, of down here. I did, yeah. Uh, but it's they 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 did Demon Days in Manchester, and they they do these events. They'll do it for humans too, um, where they get everybody involved. Right. At the time, this was when was that? That was like 2007, I think 2006. People are like, oh, man, where's Dale Soul? Where is Dale Soul? And then you see Dale Soul walk out on stage, and it's just like, what the fuck? Dale Soul is out on stage, man. It's just... And part of what's great about that is because that whole show, and I think Auburn's whole point in this is that he's in the shadows on a on a piano, right. Not yeah. even conducting. They have somebody else conducting. Yeah, no, we should play it because there's we something should. I want to say after you play it. Yeah, yeah but sense, but so he brings them back, and and it you is have to. and this isn't the mega hit uh, that is that was feel good ink, but this also isn't the uh, this isn't Demon Days. We're, we're further along uh, down the shithole. Right. So uh, this is moments by Dale, featuring Dale Soul. Daylight is also back again. 
With a crew that's bound to pack them in Got a girl who's up for the meeting I sense the need in her grandma Her nose has never been skating But she's sipping stir constellation To build her squirt game It's all like Tupac out of court Run towards camera My response to that just Check please That my man You can't let these Pass you by like TikTok I'm smacking the bottom like flip-flops Made her a long range She's crazy And now we done We passed the test So now lay down the rest And wait for the morning hangover to come Clocks on the walls Off the watches on the wrist It's the moment we relive It's the moments like this When it's time to get ill We be so ahead of time It's the moment we achieve Let's believe It's the moments Made up and get They lost so back in it in 2017. Look, we can we can admit now uh, that their last album wasn't that great. I mean, they, it, it was a valiant fucking effort. They tried real hard. Um, God, and, and just that album, in case you don't know, was they basically had they were like, we're not going to use samples, right? And we're just going to bring in all live instrumentation. And it wasn't really something that they had done on that scale. Yeah. And so, as an effort, like I, I celebrate the album as. This is what you should do. You should, as an artist, fucking try okay. to do that. Here, here's the point about De La Soul that everybody forgets. De La Soul never wanted to make a hit. Right. De La Soul existed in opposition to the music industry. That was the whole point of De La Soul. That's why Prince Paul is a great producer. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, okay, so you're going to like... So to understand that when De La Soul came out with uh, Three Feet High and Rising, 1989, music industry is at a point where like... Hell, we'll just do anything. And they're on Sloopy Mag Records, a label that's like, hell, we'll literally just do anything. We put out Mantronics records, like, for mm-hmm. giggle shits, like, whatever. You know, like, for giggle shits. <laughs> like, yeah, so, so Three Feet High and Rising is like, there's like, what, 11 interludes? There's like, songs yeah. that sample everything. There's a, a song called Potholes in My Lawn. Yeah. Like, you know, there's, there's, there's. There's P funk sampling before it really became a West Coast G funk thing. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like no, this was an album that wasn't supposed to work, right? But somehow it did. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's the entirety of De La Soul's career. It's funny that the track after that is an interlude called "The Nonconformist Oat." Yeah, because Damon Albarn on this record gets with the guys and is like, "I've got a New Order style, like New Wave track that I want yeah. you to rap on." Yeah. Maybe. And I'm sure they were like, yeah, screw it. Yeah, I mean, because at this point, again, everybody sort of trusts Damon Albarn. Like, right. You're, you're going to do good by this, bro, right? And he's like, yeah. But yeah. I'm sure even with them, they're at the point where they don't, they've never cared. Yeah. Like, the funniest part about De La's career is that when Gorillaz came out, they were at this weird point where they were, like, actually trying to make hit records that turned out to be, like, lampoons of hit records mm-hmm. at the time. There's a song called Shopping Bags by De La Soul that everybody should listen to because it's hilarious because it's like talking about like mass consumption, the evils of mass consumption Yeah, at a time where rap was like mass consumption all the time. And it's like the video is like well shot and beautiful and all that stuff. And it's like the roots. Uh, it's like the roots. Um, how we do before the roots, how we do was like a thing. So it's fascinating, like that, you know, De La Soul's always had this weird relationship, and that's why they work so well, I feel, like, Gorillaz and De La <laughs> for sure, for were sure. supposed to work together because now, 
a lot of the creative that makes Gorillaz great is the thing that made Prince Paul great in working with De La Soul is the fact that, again, Prince Paul was never out trying to make a hit. He was never like, I'm going to make a hit single. It's going to sell five million units. No, it was like, I got this crazy idea. I probably dropped some acid and I got this weird thing I want to do. And mm-hmm. you guys can rap over it. You don't have to rap over it. If you don't want to rap over it, I'll do an interlude over it. We can just do whatever. And then that's the thing that makes Gorillaz great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but, but, but think about like how Auburn does that with, with the people he's got. Uh, on the album he has before, like we mentioned Bobby Womack on Plastic Beach. Mm-hmm. I, I listened to Plastic Beach today, and it, it is a, uh, a, it's a fucking great album. Yeah. It is not uh, necessarily represented. It's a weird alternate universe hip-hop, because it doesn't take hip-hop that seriously. Right. I mean, uh, look, when you drop Snoop Dogg on your first track... You're not really taking it that seriously. Well, it's amazing. It, yeah, it, it no, is amazing. No, it's... And and so that was a little bit of a departure for them. And and uh, there is no. Well, there's Mavis on this, but uh, it's funny. We should probably talk about that track. We will eventually. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll eventually. Definitely, definitely. But I think the people he works with on this, um, Pop Can. Yeah. Tell people who Pop Can is. Okay, Pop Can is the. Um, okay, so I. I'm a believer that there's like three great rappers in the world. If you listen to like rap music routinely on a regular basis, and if you and if you don't listen to any of the rappers, you should probably listen to like Pusha Key, Pusha T. You should listen to Kendrick Lamar. You should listen to Popcan. Mm-hmm. Popcan is a uh, dancehall vocalist from Jamaica, and he's assigned to Mixpack Records, uh, the home of uh, Jess Jubilee, who's personal friend and phenomenal artist. And uh, Mixpack's thing is that they reclaim dance hall and mix it with indie dance yeah and make cool records so they they they've signed all of your probably favorite underground like dance hall vocalists at some point to to album deals uh pop can is the uh he has done work with drake he's done work with jamie xx Mm-hmm. Oh, now there's going to be good times, which was like one of the sleeper best songs of the last five years. He's kind of everywhere. Yeah. And he's, and the thing is, because he's great, because, because he's great. he has yeah. this like, he has a tenor in his voice that makes it sound like you're using a synth on a track <laughs> and you're actually not <laughs> using accurate, a synth. Yeah. It's just this man's voice. Yeah. So there's like this instrument that you could play around with and he's able to like do a, a singing vocal with it. That's just like fantastic and you shouldn't be able to sing like that without right. the aid of like some kind of like right. you know right you know like some kind of like you know synthesized edition yeah and well and, and, and it's exercising your talent mm-hmm. it's like figuring out what you do yeah and be like how do i how do i leverage that right. and he and he he leveraged that all the way to fucking gorillas yeah to i mean we're not going to play this trip but like uh you know uh saturn bars bars is you know this whole this whole album we should say, is a party. Yeah. And it's actually structured like that. There are uh, interludes. You don't hear a lot of the main four gorillas, the the virtual characters on this. Right. You hear them in the interludes. In fact, there's one later on where it's like, you know, we don't have to go further. Like, uh, can you take it? Like, yeah. can you take this? You know, this is uh, high concept stuff that you don't even know is going on if you're just dropping in on, on a couple of albums. Uh, but 
you know, one of the people that he works with uh, was made one of my favorite albums last year. Uh, Danny Every, Brown. One of everybody's favorite albums. Yeah, Danny Brown. And and this is if <laughs> if I in two thousand five in two thousand five if I could have even envisioned that Danny Brown existed, I would have been ecstatic. Did, the funny part is he did exist in two thousand five. Um, he was like an underground rapper that like people that really like rap music knew all about. It's like the funny part about Danny is that like Danny's emergence is one of those things that is like a happy accident of like right. the universe converging and allowing for all underground rappers to have mainstream credibility. And then like the guys who could like do it as far to the left as humanly possible. Cause that's where we were at that point. And you, they, they won. And so you get guys like Danny who win because he was so far left. Yeah. So far left. And that's what makes this work appropriate for today. Yeah. Um, for whatever reason, though, Danny hooked up with Damon, yeah. and the result you get is one of the shout out to Uptown Northwest and Kalila. Yes, uh, but you get one of the wildest tracks of 2017, Gorillas Otherwise, and this is Submission. Mission uh, with Danny Brown and uh, Kalela. Yeah. DC. DC, right absolutely. Uptown Northwest. She put a, she's got an EP out, right? It was last yeah. year? Yeah, two years ago. Two years ago. Yeah. That was yeah. a good EP. Actually, no, 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 no. It's almost three years ago now. Fuck. Time flies when Seriously. you Time flies when you got pre existing conditions. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you know, that is. You, you were saying one thing. Yeah, Cut that, for Me is like three years old now. Yeah. You were saying one thing that blows you away about that is that Dan, Danny Brown was sort of. Reined in is if you if you hear Danny Brown, especially his last album, it is part of what makes his his art work is that it it bombards you. Danny Danny's awesome because he raps over the bar. Yeah, and it's like Eddie. And the thing is, is that like typically like with with rappers who rap all over the place, like like Twista or E Forty or somebody. Like, there's a way that, like, their tracks are constructed 
so as to allow them to like do the thing that they do. They're like crazy thing. Mm-hmm. But like with Danny Brown, there's never been a, a, a stop placed on him to like, oh, we must keep you within these, you know, like parameters. No, he's never had that. So this is like one of the first times. The same thing happens with Dram on Dram's mm-hmm. track. Because the thing that Damon did is that he took the Dram out of Dram. Like that like happy go lucky, like fanciful, so, giddy thing that he's been doing. Right. Like as like a like he's like it's funny, before there was like Lil Yachty in yeah. rap, like doing that stuff, like it being like, I'm a half a kid, just just yeah. a happy to get along guy. Yeah. Like that was what Dram was doing. That's how Dram got over. And now you listen to him on this record and he's pulled all the way back. He's like reigned all the way in and he's a perfectly serviceable R&B vocalist. So, so, so back to back to what we were talking about about the the appropriation of this. Yeah, like that's Auburn. Like that's Auburn. Like looking around and saying, "This is the history of hip hop as I see it. This is how uh, I think it should maybe be presented." And he's getting people. And he's look. He's the producer, right? It doesn't matter if the, he could have performed that like what exactly like Danny Brown, but he changed it in the st- like. Yeah. Is at this point now essentially twenty years into yeah. the career of doing this and and completely integrating into hip hop culture is Auburn an appropriator or is he just one of its chief innovators? He he gets it like um you look at the like especially the soul vocalist that like on this record that. Like and and this is the time to study this thing and like uh, and unpack it. Mm-hmm. Um, this now means that he's worked with, and the thing is with with him is that he works with like actual soul singers. There's like a thing that goes all the way back to the days of like Solomon Burke, where it's like yeah. Solomon Burke like made money in the '70s as like like past far past his like you know black pop American radio expiration date. Doing like but, straight up and down like classic soul music but th- that wasn't like crazy experience, you know. But think about how this stuff. started, and this is not um, necessarily well known. Uh, that this was him, uh, a member of Chibomata. I think it might have been uh, Nels Klein's wife, actually, um, and uh, Chris Franz and Tina Weymouth, the yeah, Talking Heads, right. That that's the first single. Okay, so it's funny you mentioned Talking Heads because I did that Luakabop anthology review, which I always look at Gorillas as a thing that if Luakabop was Luakabop in 1991, mm-hmm. Luakabop would have put out the Gorillas record. Yeah, it would have absolutely, but it would have been up there with like Los Amigos Invisibles and yeah. all of the other stuff that they put out initially in like yeah. the first five years of the label. It, it fits in that in that. Right. General genre. I mean, I mean, and the same criticism's been leveled, for that matter, against David Byrne. Yeah, like, of course. Right. What, what what's the line of well, appropriation okay. versus so the thing that keeps them from appropriation? And again, this gets back to the fact that he uses actual people. Is that there's a level of education in how they do All what right. they do, where it's like, okay, you are super smart about this, like. You're smarter than the average African-American record executive if you're Damon Albarn making these records. Yeah. So, like, you're like, okay, you know, like, I, I may not be black, but I damn sure love, you know, uh, Ike Turner. 
I damn sure love Anthony Hamilton. Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's enough? Yeah, I, well, you have to also understand their history. Well, and if you, and if we, you use, if you use we, Ike Turner, you understand that Rocket 88 was the first I, rock record. I, I agree, I agree. But, but you and I specifically talk about a lot about records made for a black audience or, but, or, or black music and made for this. In fact, the last record, like Kendrick's album, yeah. said... It was a black album. Yeah, but it's and 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 so there's a I, level of what art I'm trying to get to smart. is is that middle ground. I was like, what necessarily does okay. that mean? So there's a level of art house intelligence that tells you that if you're going to do this thing, yeah, that you'd better a hundred and eleven times out of a hundred nail it. Hundred ten percent of the time, you have to yeah. like. Nail it! Yeah. Like you can't, you can't you like can't be underwhelmed. You can't be like, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I, maybe I'll find some other vocalist that's like a little cheaper mm-hmm. or a little more known. Yeah, like you know, he's like, okay, so if I'm gonna reclaim classic soul, I'm gonna have to actually find, or I'm gonna, if I want to find like actual R and B records, I have to find actual R and B singers, and not like. You know, we could have done this record and grabbed Trey Songs mm-hmm. or grab Tory Lanez or J- Janae Aiko or whatever. Yeah. Like the one we're about to play, it could have been like, hey, Janae Aiko, this would make all the sense in the world because we could make a pop smash out of a song with you and Pusha T. Mm-hmm. But he didn't. No, not at all. Uh, he, he got he got the literally the greatest the soul singer female the, the greatest female uh, harmonizer is, of all time. I have taken one picture of this woman uh, at Newport Folk Festival. Yeah, not only is it my favorite uh, picture I've ever taken in my life, uh, it made her my favorite person ever. She's the best. She is. The, she's absolutely the best. So. Uh, Mabel Staples and your favorite, Pusha T. Let me out. For my neighbors, they say the devil's at work and is calling favors. You say I'm dangerous. I speak for the nameless. I fly with the vultures. I be with them bangers. If change don't come, then the change won't come. If the bands make them dance, then the rain gon' come. Am I passing to the light? Look into your eyes. All the world is out of your Change coming, you best be ready. I, that is, uh, I, I, I listen to her sing here all day long. And you pair that with, with this, and you know she's been doing a lot of indie stuff lately. Uh, she did a uh, arcade fire track, which sucked. <laughs> Except for her, I mean, no, it, it's no, just, it's, it's not. A, it's not a, again, white people. Uh, even if you're you from have, Canada, you have to stop. You have to not. Okay, okay. So like, there's a thing with Mavis Staples where people just go, "Oh, well, it's Mavis Staples." You have to like, yeah. you know, you just should have her sing. Mm-hmm. The, the 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 great genius of Mavis Staples' voice is that she learned how to sing. You know, probably being the background to a pastor doing a New Testament-driven sermon. Mm-hmm. So there's a thing in there that's a call and response. Mm-hmm. So if you're not giving her, mm-hmm. 
like pop staples or like I'll take you mm-hmm. there. Where if Pops is saying X, mm-hmm. Mavis is going to say Y, and it's mm-hmm. going to be great because Pops is giving her, I know, a place where, you know, like... And and, and this, is, this is all we're not just knowing the music history, knowing how to execute it. Yeah. And I don't know if 10 years ago he could have like been like, hey, can uh, we get Mavis on here? <laughs> But since then, he, he can. It's, and, it's the fact that Pusha T has played the pastor on this record. Yeah. And yeah. Is he's Pusha T. And the thing with Pusha is that Pusha's the realest rapper in the game. Mm-hmm. Like, there are times when you listen to Pusha T records where you still think that he, is, that he has a surrogate somewhere dealing dope in Virginia Beach. <laughs> just just for, for extra money. Yeah. Like, you listen to Pusha T records, you listen to, like, numbers on the board, and you're like, you listen to Nostalgia, especially with Kendrick, and you're like, if you told me that you had a surrogate dealing drugs for you in the Virginia, Virginia Beach, I'd believe you. Yeah. 110%. Yeah. I'd be like, yeah, of course you yeah. do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, um, the, that's the thing with Pusha that makes him great. Because he's so honest. So so with all this, too, uh, something that, that I don't think it's talked a lot about is, uh, I don't know if it should be, maybe we won't talk too much about it. You know, people have... Kanye has been the uh, hip hop messiah mm-hmm. for uh, a little while now. You and I had a, uh, I think this is why we're friends. I think because yeah. we had this like experience listening to Yeezus upstairs, and uh, it was it was fantastic. It was it was one of the best times of my life. Yeah, yeah, it, it was yep. fucking amazing. And uh, we all had faith in what Kanye was going to do, and. He did not deliver on whatever the fuck that mess of of an album Pablo is. And I feel like a lot of this album is about two things. It's about three things, and one of them isn't necessarily great. But one of the things is about uh, sort of picking up on that theme of, of what Connie was trying to do. Right. And trying to do an overall representation of, of where this is and make a... Make a new gospel album. Hmm? Uh, there isn't much gospel on this, to be clear, but oh. there are also, again, sorry, white kids, there wasn't much gospel on Life of Pablo. <laughs> like, <laughs> not, not even, no, okay. Not even an okay, inch. Okay, okay. So, putting, okay. So, one thing that people have to understand is that Kirk Franklin is not a gospel artist. Uh-uh. Just stop. Mm-hmm. Just when you, when, you, when you understand it, like Kirk Franklin, Mary Mary, all these people are pop artists. Who came out of the gospel tradition? Yeah, this does not mean that you are a yeah. gospel artist. Yeah, that, the two things could nope. be nope. So Richard Smallwood, gospel artist. That said, gospel <laughs> you know? gospel does have room to expand. Right? Yeah, yeah. If you want does. to make that argument, right? We we can talk all day about that. Yeah, right. But but I think what uh, uh, not so much on Plastic Beach, but on this little, he is doing a lot of what I think Kanye tried to do on Pablo. I think in a large large. Uh, measure succeeds. This is a album that doesn't, you know, it, he he put down the addict of this is all about what if Trump won the election. This is before he, uh, before the election, and um, so he was looking at it like worst case scenario. That's why he edited everything out. Right. I'm on the fence whether or not he, and, and I know I just said off mic that I wish he had left it in, but then I thought about it, and I'm like, oh, man, no, I don't, I don't know. 
Like it, it's a very it's a very troublesome uh, concept given what we were talking about before, because Demon Days was a powerful statement against uh, the American government, right? Uh, and and not just the American government, just uh, against evil in the world. Yeah. When you're at Damon Albarn's level, and you can. Like, just pull up the credits, kids, and look at who's on this album. Like, when you're at that level, like, you do actually, I think, have a responsibility to do that. And and there's something about this, even though I know he meant it to be a party, and we need this. We need uplifting music like that. Mm -hmm. But there's something about this that is, it's bugging me, and maybe you can speak to that. So That leaves me, like... (sighs) I'll I'll speak to it. Um, If you leave the Trump... In this record suddenly becomes Damon Albarn versus Donald Trump. Yeah. Because Donald Trump has this way of framing individuals and not communities as the 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 target. Because then it yeah. allows for his community to target this person mm-hmm. and obliterate them. Mm-hmm. Um gorillas as a concept has always been communal. Yeah. Like, Damon Albarn is not a physical presence in Gorilla. And past album one. Right. We, we were joking about, yeah. like, the bad press. Like, uh, I think it was New York Times where a uh, headline that said, like, uh, it succeeds when Damon Albarn, like, fades into the background. He's never like, been he's in the front. He's never been in the front. <laughs> right. Ever. So, like, that's the thing. It's like, this is a communal album. Like, oh, there always are. So, in the sense that you need to create this record in order to allow people to have community. Uh, and also to get to the Kanye point, the problem with Kanye's records. And okay, and I'll say this. The only record that Kanye has made that's been worth a shit in the last like five to seven years is No More Parties in L.A. Because Kendrick Lamar stood up and outwrapped him <laughs> and beat him over the head with words. And yeah. was like, no, no, Kanye. No, this is how you rap now. I am going to rap. <laughs> And I'll rap you. And then Kanye's like, Kanye spent 64 bars trying to outwrap Kendrick Lamar and could not do it. Yeah. And that's what makes it the only record. If you listen to any record from this era of his life, no more parties in LA. That's it. Like Kanye had to make fun of his wife and child mm-hmm. on a record in order to outwrap Kendrick. And that's the <sighs> thing. But it's a communal thing because most the problem with, with Kanye and it would have been a problem with this record had it been an anti-Trump record is that there's no response. Like, Kanye's records don't involve that, like, Well, but Kanye, Kanye and, and this, this back to the question, and I don't know that we've necessarily answered this about gorillas, about appropriation. Kanye brought in a, way too many people on, on you, Life of Pablo, the, but, but Auburn is bringing in all these people, he's just doing it right. No, it's is a relation. It okay that he's this white Londoner. It makes all sense in the world. I'm fine with it because he I knows I know it makes that, sense, but is it okay? That, okay, if you know the right people to bring in and you know to step the hell out of the room. Right, right. God fucking bless you. Like, if you could, if you could call up, like, okay, so there's a record here that has, like, Kilo Quiche and, like, mm-hmm. Cali Uchis and, like, all of the, the, the pretty girls of Brooklyn from, like, 2015 all on like the same record and you're just like wow and, and it works and it, it, it almost becomes great 
mm-hmm. but it's like passively okay because the only thing Damon Albarn knew to do was like put little borders around them. Yeah. Like, okay, creatively you can do all your stuff. Yeah. But I'm going to take this, this, and this. But I want you to give me all of your stuff. And that's the thing that's great about him. And that's the thing that makes it not appropriation is that he's like, he's very distinctly like, I'm not black. Yeah. But what I know of your culture is this. And it's of your culture. And I have studied it and I know it. I may have not experienced it, but I know it enough. And, to and, put it in the room, and, and I think it also has, has there. There is something to be said for him being uh, English, yeah, like from Britain. Is that being black in England or any other country in the world, right, is different than being black in America? Absolutely, and that is something that uh, we all have to figure out. We all have to deal with, and uh, I think it hinders us here. Yeah, absolutely does. It, it absolutely hinders. Us here. I mean, people. People, <laughs> uninformed people, like listen to this podcast for a while. Like this is the Black Journalist podcast. No, they, they, they shot. They but, shot a fifteen-year-old black kid in the streets. Yeah, you know, like that, that doesn't happen anywhere else in the no, world. It like, like it that. Doesn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't. <laughs> no. You know, but 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 the point I was trying to make is like people like talking about like what we do here and what we talk about is, yeah. you know. But the fact of the matter is like you guys are just more talented. And I say you guys and not you're black or white. You're just no. like, you're Mr. Dowling. Right. It's, Miss Moore, Miss Godfrey. Like, I'll put it, I'll put you, it like, I'll put it like this. I think the thing that makes us all great, and they would say it too, is that we were told at a very young age that being black wasn't great unless you were great to its expectation. Mm-hmm. And again, that's what makes the Gorillas records great is that David Albar knows to find all of the black people that other black people have said in the past exceed the expectation of what it is to be black well and, and to like on plastic beach even like yeah i think he used a syrian orchestra right yeah and so he's combining that with like cultures and doing the work to uh because at the end of the day the tribalism has to end well it will end because we'll destroy each other right right uh and this is a lot of what damon alburn writes about yeah of course because <laughs> it's true <laughs> this guy's gonna fall baby drop that ass for a crash like that's the okay. I'll say this too. That song is the best rap song of the year. It is. I said on the mic. I'm almost ready to play it again. I'm, it's the best rap song of the year. It makes everything that Kendrick Lamar does. Mm-hmm. And Kendrick Lamar is a great artist. He is a phenomenal he artist. He's making really important music. But that song and We the People, if you play yeah. them back to back, are better than. Everything that Kendrick has done. Yeah. Everything. And he's made iconic records. Yeah. But those two records, better. And that's okay? And that's perfectly okay. Almost to be expected. Given the level of people that are making those records. Right. Right. Almost to be expected. Yeah, I... I I, I mean... And that's not blaspheming either. Oh, no, I, I, I don't think it is. I think, I think it's actually shocking that Kendrick wasn't on this record. Well, I mean, you can't. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a different level of, of paycheck. You get Kendrick to, to drop. Uh, do, you, do you understand Blur Money? I do understand Blur Money, but I also understand, like, also. But I also think there's something to the idea that you can make a great black record without Kendrick Lamar. Because uh, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, almost yeah, sure, positive sure. that that was part of the thinking. Is like, I can make a great black record without 
the quote unquote greatest black artist because I'm sure right. Damon Albarn's mind he's going, well, wait, I think Pusha T is a pretty great rapper. But, that, but I think Danny Brown is a great I, rapper. But, but I, guess, I guess what I'm getting at is like, and and that's when this becomes a problem is because if he's thinking like that, he's like if he's looking at. And we don't know. We don't know. Yeah. But if he's looking at, like, I can get this black artist, I can get this black artist, I can get this black artist, that actually is 100% appropriation. But I don't think he is because, again, I think the, the shared experiences that we all have as people are but I think are it's, more, like, if you go to England, you see there's not the same I mean, it's divisions. The same, I think it's the same thing that happened when everybody started canonizing Kendrick. And then it was like, you know, a Tribe Called Quest went into the studio and they were like. Well, your argument to me for Kendrick was that, like, it's a black album. It is. It is. But no, but I mean, it in the sense of, like, when you canonize someone as the greatest black artist that ever lived, when it's like, okay, so like when young journalists and people oh, who yeah, don't that, know that, better that's journalism. are like, he's the greatest black artist that mm-hmm. ever lived. Then it's like, oh, but wait, but this is when, like, people who are smarter and who know better are like, wait. Okay, I'm going to call Busta Rhymes. I'm going to call yeah. Vince Staples. I'm going to call Pusha T. I'm going to call Mavis Staples. I'm going to call every other black artist I can think of who's pretty great and give them an opportunity to have their, have their say. Just so that we don't forget that there's a, 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 a legacy of black artists who are right. outstanding that is 10 miles long and 40 miles deep. Which I don't want it to be. I want it to be, an or, I mean, and it is an organic. I mean, I guess that's what I'm getting at is you have sometimes collaborations, sometimes you have uh, even like tribute albums and you get all these people and it's done by the, 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 you know, you know, curly haired executive. Yeah. Like hanging back and, and there is risk in everything like that happens with gorillas because Look, Blur is is one of the the whitest. It's the most Anglo band of all time. Like, I, 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 it's, I, it's close, besides Oasis, but besides it's like, pretty, what it's about what clever. about what about New Order? Yeah, I mean, similar, similar. Yeah, but, but so so it'd be like if if somebody from New Order, if like uh, Peter Hook, yeah, came and was like, I'm going to make a rap album, and then but, he, but he tri- but he tried that. That's the that's oh, the, did he? Yeah, they did all of the stuff that they made in the early '80s is influenced well, by their time spent at Danceteria. Yeah, in New true. York, yeah, all of true. it. And then they work with Arthur Baker, who's a rap producer, ostensibly. Right, right. You know, so I mean, but and that's the that's the great thing about this record too. It has to be mentioned. Like, there's a bunch of like things that make Gorillas great that people don't talk enough about. Is that Gorillas continues that whole legacy of like the hacienda and all those spaces where like. Mm-hmm. Rap records broke in the UK, and rap records were surrounded by these other well, like, dance records. Like you know what a term that we didn't ever use in America that was bigger here. There were, I always think it when I think of uh, a grills. It's electro. Yeah, exactly, and that's and what, the, and what that meant. And you see it in like you see it if, you, if you're a fan of like like Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. It's like you know you see it in, in all these people who grew up who are now our age and they're mid forties or early about to be forty. Yeah. Um and and it was dance music. Right. Electronica. Yeah. No, but it was electro. Right, right, right. And, and that's what Auburn came up in and and he found the he found the connections and he yeah, made like that, them, like that Daylight record is is, yeah. is new order. Yeah. Straight up and down. I guess what I'm trying to say is that this guy maybe one of our uh 
artistically one of our greatest assets. Yeah. Um, in what, 2017. Okay, so there's one thing I want to say before we, we get out of here on this one. Yeah. I want some enterprising young rapper, ostensibly Gold Link, if you're listening to this, because now he's a listener. Yeah. Um, find, find your way to some money and get with this guy. Brandon. And make Con. Con. Anybody, anybody who's making interesting rap music. And, and, and interesting in a sense where like mainstream people just don't understand, or even the top indie people don't understand April. what you're doing. Right. Get with this guy and like sit with him and like have him like reduce what you're doing in that same way that Rick Rubin reduces records. Yeah. Have him reduce what you're doing and like get in this creative circle. Yeah. Because it'll only make you better. Yeah. Because he's making hot rap records. Yeah, is that is that is that, your, is that your verdict? That's he, my verdict. He's, he's making, making hot, hot rap, rap records. Rap. It's it's not it's not a buy try or pass. It's like he's just making hot rap records. Yeah, just check it out. Like try it out. I mean, I'll say that's my 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 is, my is verdict. That your official, your try. Yeah, try it because these are really hot, freaking soulful rap records. The man got really sad when Prince died and realized that Donald Trump was getting elected president around roughly the same time. Like this is kind of like a bad seed of an era. And he just kind of got in the studio and was like, I'm going to let it out. Yeah. Yeah, I am. Uh, oh, man, this is tough. This is real tough. Hot, hot rap records. I, it is hot rap records. <laughs> I, I'm going to, uh, you know, because I, I don't know what everybody else is going to do. Because, you know, we have the, uh, the uh, now it's eight deep, like yeah. the, the rating system. Or, right. I, you know what? I am betting that there may be some people out there this this is gonna appeal to um that don't know a lot of which we didn't really get into. Right. Like how he's digging up history and like giving it back to people. Yeah. So I do think it's a little bit of a uh and and, uh, and honestly, I'm biased. Demon Days is such a cohesive statement and such a motherfucker of a record. Like there is, like after you leave, I will, I will listen to Demon Days. I, I totally respect that. And everything can't be Demon Days, and so like I have to move on. Uh, this is uh, this is an absolute buy it record because it's got the hot rap records. Like records. it is, it is. If if anybody like I listen to Wale, it's not getting it. Yeah. Listen, Danny Brown and Kalila, it's getting it's it. It's getting it. And, hot rap records. And Vince Staples drops the hottest rap well, record of that, the year. That goes to that. that well, we, we have never done uh, singles at the end of the year. We're going to do it this year just so we can honor that. Because <laughs> that is... It's bananas. Oh, my fucking God. That is amazing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's it. Gorillas, humans, it is out now. Uh, thank you, Mr. Dowling, for, for hanging out. And uh, I'm sure you'll hang out Gorillas Humans is out literally everywhere. It is one of the biggest albums of the year, and no surprise, it's one of the best. 
there's a few flaws. I think we I think we hit on them. There's a, some high points, some low points, but uh, I love this fucking album. I love it, and I, I have listened to it. It is in my regular rotation. I will do what I did with most Gorillaz albums and digest it over the course of many years and let it sink in. Uh, and uh, maybe that's the thing that you like to do, so get it on streaming, go out and buy it, do do whatever you will with it. Um, and uh, they're coming to D.C. soon, too. We got tickets. Maybe you can get tickets. Merriweather Post. It's a weird place to see them. I, I would much prefer seeing them at the 930 Club here, but uh, it is what it is, and I haven't been out to Merriweather in a while. So, uh, before we get out of here this week, uh, we got a really special interview coming up on Monday, and that is with a guy named Jason A. Molinax. And there's a story about him. Now, this guy is a musician. He is a teacher, uh, an instructor of music. He is a uh, he's he's a, he's a sonic explorer. And uh, I came to him through uh, kind of unique circumstances that I'm not going to tell you all about now because we really get into it on Monday. Uh, but uh, what I will get into um, is that he has a remarkable new album out called Time Bean. Uh, that he worked pretty hard on over the past like year or so, writing all this stuff, making an album, and say maybe needs a little more. Say so like contracted out some people, and uh, the end result is remarkable. I love this album; it's one of my favorites of the year, uh, and uh, maybe it'll be one of your favorites. But to prep you for Monday to get you ready, uh, we got a track for you. So strap in. Open up your third eye, and uh, let's let's take off here with uh, Jason A. Mullinex off Time Bean. The name of the track is Next Time We Fly. See you on the other side.
Next time we fly. Off of Jason Mullinax's new album, Time Being. That is up on Bandcamp. It should be up on streaming shortly. Uh, I think it's seven bucks, guys. Chip in seven to ten bucks. Buy it. There's a link right in the show notes. Uh, dig it. I don't know if he's going to do uh, shows. We talk about that a little in in the uh, in our interview. Uh, but it is a um, locally grown right here, Washington D.C. It is up in Tacoma Park, and it's, it's a great it's a great little it's a it's a small album, um, but it's a, an immensely satisfying album. And uh, so check him out. Got a couple of these little records out, and uh, I predict he's going to have a few more before all is said and done. So uh, congratulations, Jason, getting that album out and. Don't forget to tune in on Monday when we're sitting down with him. And uh, honestly, that it's aside from my conversation with Chad Clark, I think it's it's definitely a favorite interview that I've ever conducted. Um, and uh, we'll see if you guys think it's one of the best you've heard that we've done. That's our podcast for this week. We thank you for tuning in. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to us in iTunes. You can leave us a rating or a message there. Five stars is as good as anything. Um, it, can subscribe to us in Google Play, uh, listen to us on Stitcher, on Mixcloud, up on SoundCloud sometimes. Um, if you use Overcast, we're in that, uh, the typical iTunes app. If you're out and about in the city, in Washington, D.C. mainly, but uh, really all over the world, our boys uh, Matt Condon and Mauricio Castro are out there every damn night uh, shooting live shows. Uh, you can follow their adventures on Instagram, which is at Chunky Glasses. Uh, and uh, all of our stuff on at Chunky Glasses on Twitter, and I know Mauricio is starting to put a lot more uh, a lot more photos up on Facebook, which is just Facebook slash Chunky Glasses. And so keep a lookout for them. They're, they're, those guys are killing it. You know, Matt's been doing this I don't know for like six or seven years. Mauricio uh, just got into music photography about a year or two ago, already killing it, uh, stunning. And uh, hopefully, uh, I think he's going to Eau Claire. So uh, if you can't make it there, you might be able to see uh, what it looked like. An awesome representation through through someone else's eyes. So that's all going on. And, uh, and yeah, that's it. Time for me to go watch the Wizards lose. So uh, we'll be back on Monday. Don't forget Jason A. Mullinex. Then, uh, until then, be good to your ears, but be better to your people. We'll talk to you soon. Kenobi! <laughs> 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 <laughs>